Band's doing pretty good today, huh? Let's give it up. You know, it's 50% of the band, but it's also 50% of the soundboard right back there. David Cruz in the back. Right there, David Cruz. I love you, brother. Good job, my man. All right. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The very first church that I ever was a part of was this church right here. St. John's Lutheran Church, Orange, California. Then I went off to college and grad school out in Missouri, Nebraska. Went to a few different churches out there. I also worked in full-time ministry up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Worked down in Costa Mesa. One up in Los Angeles County. And then the Lord brought me back here to St. John's. And at all the churches that I worked at, every single one of them struggled. They struggled with a certain type of person, a certain people group. In fact, at some of these churches, meetings were held, gossip sessions occurred, arguments were had, meetings in the parking lot, voters' assemblies even addressed the problem. And hatred in the heart had to be worked through, had to be talked about, had to be dealt with. Tensions were high at times because of the presence of these type of people on our campuses. One church even adopted a plan to deal with the problem once and for all. Because you see, this people group... They did things that apparently had no respect for God and for his property, the church. Sometimes these people were actually members of the church or friends of members, or sometimes they were just in the community. But they would come on campus, on the church grounds. Sometimes they would be there during the evening hours, sometimes during the week, sometimes even on Saturdays. And at one of my churches, not this one, nor the one in Costa Mesa, I observed one of the elders scream, bloody murder, at these people, chased them off of God's property. He absolutely couldn't believe that they would step on God's property and behave the way they behaved. Didn't they respect God? Didn't they respect this house? Didn't they know what God expected of them? Didn't they know God's will? Didn't they know how to act, the church? Now, some of you in the room, you know who I'm talking about because maybe you used to act like this. But over time, you've learned the rules. You learned the regulations. You learned God's will for you, and you reformed your ways. But some of you in the room today, you still struggle with this behavior, and you wonder if you have a place here at St. John's. Some of you say, this is who I am. I'm not changing. Accept me the way I am. And if you haven't figured out who I'm talking about, do you know who I'm talking about? I think it's pretty obvious. I'm talking about skateboarders. <laughs> now it's confession time, my friends. Anybody out there used to be a skateboarder? I'll be honest with you. I used to be a skateboarder too, and over the years I've struggled with it, okay? And since this is a safe place, I've got to come clean before all of you, before God, and before his people publicly to say, I still am, in fact, a skateboarder. Here's my skateboarder. All right? This is my skateboard, all right? Now, I don't do ollie kickflips anymore. I don't drop in on half pipes anymore, anything like that. I don't go up to the pipeline in Upland and skate with Tony Hawk anymore. Yes, my friends, it did happen in my past. <laughs> that was back before he had Ford Explorers named after him and stuff like that, all right? Back when we were all just kids. But I do skateboard around my neighborhood with my kids. I'll even ollie over a crack every now and then. And if I'm feeling reckless, I'll even go up a curb. 
Now, I know I'm being kind of goofy here this morning. Let's have a little fun. I realize, all you people out there, I realize there are insurance policies, there are laws, there are penal codes, and I, too, am a recovering helicopter parent, so I get all of this stuff. But when I heard one of my churches, I overheard, he didn't know I was listening, he didn't know I was in the room behind the door, when I heard one of my elders at my churches screaming bloody murder at a group of community kids because they were ollieing off a couple steps on the side of the church, I knew that that was not right. I knew that the rules had become more important than the relationship. The church building had become more important than the one true church which is a group of God's people gathered together around Jesus Christ and his love for every human being. The regulations and the rules have become more important than the relationship. And I'm telling you, it, on the one hand, it made me sad. And the other hand, it made me angry. After all, I'm a skateboarder too, right? Something similar is actually happening in our gospel lesson today from Mark chapter 7 with Jesus. And he's upset at the leaders of the church at the time. So let's take a look at it. Mark chapter 7 says this. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus. They saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled. That is, they were unwashed. And then Mark explains what he's talking about. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups and pitchers and kettles, and one ancient manuscript even adds couches. So the tradition of the elders, what is that? The tradition of the elders is not written in the Bible. It's not given from God to humanity. The tradition of the elders was this sort of oral, verbal thing that they said passed down from generation to generation. It went all the way back to Mount Sinai, handed down orally. And then in verse 5, it says, The Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live, walk, embrace, follow with their whole entire being? Why don't they live according to the tradition of the elders? Instead of eating their food with defiled hands. So they didn't do this sacred ceremonial washing every time they ate. The Pharisees are totally upset about this. How could they de desecrate God in such a behavior? Jesus replied, verse 6. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts. Their hearts are far from me. Verse 7, they worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. I don't know if you know how radical of a statement that Jesus was making there when he said that. When he quoted Isaiah and he applied it to this situation, he was equating the tradition of the elders with merely human rules. But the religious leaders at the time, they did not view it in that way. They thought that these Traditions were given from God, that this is what God actually wanted. And I love that because it gives us a time to kind of stop. It's a good question for us to ask, right? What human rules have we created that we actually think are from God? 
but they're actually totally against what God's desire for humanity is. How does God look at the skateboarder on our steps? Verse 8 continues on. You have let go, Jesus says. You have let go of the command of God. You've let it go. You've let go of God, and you are holding on to human tradition. That's such a good place to pause. It's just such a good question for us to ask. What are you holding on to in your life? Are you holding on to a relationship with God? Or are you holding on to human traditions? Are you holding on to a relationship with God's people? Or are you holding on to rules and regulations? Are you holding on to a relationship with creation? Or a bunch of legalistic, minute guidelines? And Jesus, he keeps going in the text. He's starting to lay into these religious leaders. And sometimes if we're honest with ourselves and we look at this, he's kind of laying into us too. In verse 9, it says he continued, You have a fine way of setting aside the command of God in order to observe your own tradition. And then he keeps going. Another example, he, first it's all about these ritual washings, and they're questioning him. They're questioning his disciples. He turns it around, and he starts to question the supposed religious leaders of the time. And he drives straight to the heart of it. Straight to the heart that relationships are always more important than legalistic, minute human rules. Verse 10, he continues. He continues on. He says, for Moses said, honor your father and mother. That's the fourth commandment. That's in the Bible. That's what God wants us to do. In fact, he's so serious about it. He says, anyone who curses their father or mother is put to death. That's in the Bible. That's true. That's in the word in the Old Testament code. Then in verse 11... It continues on. But this is not what's in the word. This is the tradition. This is what Jesus is calling out. Jesus says, but you say that if anyone declares what might have been used to help their father or their mother is korban, that is, devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do so many things like this. And Jesus is hitting hard, right? Because in Jesus' day, they didn't have retirement plans. They didn't have Medicare. They didn't have Social Security. They didn't have 401ks and Roth IRAs and all the stuff that we have now to plan for retirement and for our later years of life. In Jesus' day, a child provided everything for their parents in their end of life, for their later years. And so you see what Jesus is doing here is he's challenging this sort of man-made tradition that said, well, if I devote this thing to God, this property or this resource to God, well, I can't use it to follow the very commandment that God gave us at Mount Sinai. Now, a modern-day example would look something like this. Let's just say I had some property up in Big Bear. I don't have it. I wish I did. But let's say I had this property. It's an empty land. It's worth $200,000, $300,000 or something. It's up there. I'm never going to use it. I have it. But I say to St. John's and I say to the leaders and the elders, when I die, I'm going to give that property for God's work at St. John's. They're like, that's great. We love that. That's going to be awesome. Okay? But then my dad, let's say he gets severely sick. He doesn't have health insurance. His medical bills go to $200,000, $300,000. And I'm like, I got to sell the property off because I got to pay off these bills for my parents. But then the church comes in. And the church says, no, you made a vow. You made a commitment. You can't use that to help your dad. It's a korban. That's a gift devoted to God. If you do that, Michael, you will be sinning against God. That's how crazy it got. 
The rules and the regulations and the guidelines and the penal code was far more important than the relationships of love to God and to people and to creation. You see, we as, we as human beings, we, we tend to do this, don't we? We tend to kind of go after the rules. And in fact, even the Ten Commandments that we have, they don't represent God's complete and entire will for us. They are a helpful legal version of it, but they're not it in its entirety. In fact, later on in the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 12, they're still struggling with these commands and these rules and these guidelines. And Jesus, here he says in Mark chapter 12, verse 28, it says, One of the teachers of the law, okay, law, rules, commands, guidelines, came and heard them debating. And noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, then he asked him, Of all the commandments, of all the rules, of all the guidelines, of all the penal codes, of all the tradition of the elders, which is the most important, Jesus? Jesus says, The most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment, no rule, no guideline, no regulation, no penal code greater than these. Jesus boils it down to one word, basically love, right? Love God and love neighbor. That's what he's saying. It's all about relationships with him and with his people. Which, my friends, this is the very heart, this is the very nature, the very character, the very will, and the very activity of God himself. You see, God didn't look down upon humanity and scream bloody murder at us because we were skateboarding on the curbs of the church. He sent his son Jesus. His son Jesus went to the cross for us. His son Jesus loves people so much that he goes out to the skateboarders on the church curbs and he says how are you doing today what's your name how long you've been skating tell me about your board what kind of trucks do you got on that board tell me about what's the best trick you can do man that looks like a lot of fun how's school going how's life i'm so glad we're talking today guess what i'm a carpenter i think i'm gonna build you a half pipe on the church property so that you could show me what you got? I'm not joking, my friends. That's what one of the volunteers at the church I worked at in the San Francisco Bay Area did. He built a half pipe, and we reached a whole bunch of skaters with the love of God because the relationship is always far more important than the rule. And I know for insurance reasons, sometimes we got to put up signs and of course, we got to take care of the property, put it on the record, tell it to the elders and the trustees. I am in no way condoning the destruction of God's property. But I have to admit, in my heart of hearts, I'm kind of glad that something has happened to the three signs on our campus that look like this. Have you seen these signs on campus? There's three of them. They're right on this building. You go outside and you look at them, okay? It used to look more like this, all right? The no, I'm not a Photoshop expert or whatever. I kind of had some filters and lenses, but you see what it says on the left there? It used to be bright red, a big, huge red that said no, right? But year after year after year of the sun shining on it, the sun shining on it. You see where I'm going, my friends? The sun shining on it. It has faded away to look like this. And if you haven't gotten it, this whole entire skateboarding thing is a very complex metaphor, all right? So 
apply it to other areas of your life, all right? But when the love of Jesus shines on us, the sun shines on us year after year after year, decade after decade, what does the legalism do? Fades away. I love that. The spirit of the law, it remains. And the spirit of law is to love God and to love our neighbors. And my friends, that includes BMXers, scooterers, and I know, I hate to say it, but even rollerbladers. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, and it includes skateboarders, too. Skaters like these right here. Check this out. I kid you not, yesterday afternoon, uh, just three hours before I was preaching the Saturday night service, I heard some skateboarders cruising by my front office here, so I went down to check it out. I wanted to scream bloody murder at them to get off our campus. Don't worry, they didn't damage any property. Two of them on the right there are actually confirmands of our, our, of our school, St. John's, all right? These are good kids, and uh, that's one of their friends, Shaver, Gavin, and Will, all right? In fact, one of them had hurt themselves down the street or something, not on our property. So I went and we went all around the campus, and I found a Band-Aid for them. We had a good talk. We talked about skateboarding. We talked about trucks. We talked about Tony Hawk. We talked about school. We talked about running cross-country. We talked about off-roading in Ocotillo Wells. We talked about even girls, and it was a good time, a good time. Because I don't think that Jesus wanted me to bring up California Penal Code 602 to them (laughs) yesterday. I think he wanted me to love him and to love his children, and I'm grateful for the conversation. Because relationships are always far more important than rules. Amen?